Welcome to Success Stories brought to you by SNS Activewear. I'm your host, Marshall Atkinson, and this is the podcast that focuses on what's working so you can have success too. These days, there's a lot of talk about trying to find a competitive advantage that gives your company an edge. One apparel decorator in North Fort Worth, Texas, has found that edge, and what they are doing may surprise you. Printed Threads is a full-service merchandising company that specializes in high-quality screen printing, embroidery, retail finishing, and fulfillment services. Brad Bowden is the self-proclaimed El Capitan of the shop, and his fun, creative, and sometimes quirky style carries over to his staff of dedicated professionals. Today on Success Stories, we'll dig into what makes Printed Threads a Texas powerhouse that competes nationally and is driven by unique culture that gives them the edge. So, Brett, welcome to the Success Stories podcast. Hey, Marshall. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, uh, we've known each other for a long time, and I've always admired your fun way of doing everything. And I think today is really going to shine a light on that, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely live by the mantra, uh, work hard, play hard. And so fun is very important. <laughs> right, it is. All right. So I think you're around and you're everywhere, but some people might not have heard about you I know it's unbelievable, right? Not, not, might not have heard about you or printed threads. So can you kind of share your origin story and let everyone know more about your company and maybe who your target customers are? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I graduated high school around 19 or 2000. In that time, I was playing music uh, with friends and we were always having shirts made uh, to sell because that's the way bands make money. And at some point, I decided I wanted to learn how to print shirts myself. So around 2000, I bought a press. We, I started printing shirts and printed lots of shirts and started selling them into big retail stores and all kinds of cool stuff like that. But the band I was in was going on tour all the time. And we just couldn't, I couldn't run the business and print shirts and do both at the same time. So I sold all of my stuff to a good friend of mine. Uh, and he, he has gone on to do way bigger things like work for the biggest company in the world and uh, still doing retail merchandising stuff. And when I went to college, I went to the University of Colorado and there I met my lovely wife and we had a, a baby and uh, graduated from college, decided to go to, uh, to, I got certified to be a teacher. So I wanted to be a teacher and uh, when I graduated from college, it was about 2009. Obviously, that was not a great time for our country, and most schools were on hiring freezes, so I couldn't get a job. I had worked through college as a cable guy, which is a really rewarding experience, and I've got a lot of great, fun stories from being a cable guy and the people that have attacked me and whatnot. Uh, but uh, so that was uh, that was something that certainly helped me out in my path to success, I suppose. But I was just kind of miserable, and my wife and I had decided to move back to Texas uh, just for the cost of living. Uh, the goal was for her to not really have to work as much so she could raise our family. And uh, along the way, I was just kind of miserable in the whole cable guy experience, and I went to her and said, hey, 
I uh, used to print shirts and maybe we could do it again and make a little bit of extra money just doing it out of our garage. That was April of 2010. And by October 2010, we were in a warehouse space and growing every year. About the year 2015, I signed up to do one of those Inc. Magazine fastest growing companies deal to see where we would place. And we placed at number 826 because in four years time, we had grown to be a multi-million dollar print shop. Actually, a lot around that same time, I got super burnt out on just working all the time and it had become hard growing that fast. So my wife and I bought a, a fifth wheel RV and hopped in it and traveled around the country for about a year and a half, which was a really fun and rewarding experience and a great time to uh, get to know my kids a little bit better since, since I wasn't working 16 hours a day at that point, but uh, really was not great for the business. So I learned a lot of really hard lessons through that. Around that same time, I got sued and just was dealing with a lot of big adult things <laughs> that I had previously not experienced in my more punk rock uh, lifestyle. So I grew up pretty fast. And over the last uh, you know five years, the company has continued to grow. We've learned a lot and repaired a lot of damages. I just have become more of a, an actual business, I guess, instead of just a, uh, you know, shooting from the hip type of thing. <laughs> so, so welcome to being a professional. <laughs> yeah, that's what my lawyer said. <laughs> Who are your customers that you're, that, because uh, you've, you've started and you had some stops and starts and, but you were really always focusing on really a couple of core segments, right? Yeah, so it was really easy for us coming out of music uh, to be selling merch to other bands because we still knew a lot of bands. And the bands that I knew by that point that were still around were pretty successful. So being able to sell shirts to them and then also selling to, you know, now we say we sell to bands, brands, bars, and churches, uh, which is still relative to then and now. We had started selling merged to rock bands. I came across a clothing line that was becoming increasingly popular in our area. Uh, just happened by them at a booth at, a, at an event and talked to them. And so we started printing for that clothing line. We were printing for a lot of bars just because I had friends that owned and ran bars. And then uh, churches in, in Texas, you know, churches are huge. Uh, so there's a lot of churches around here that have like 40,000 members, crazy stuff like that. And they order a lot of shirts. So um, we kind of fit right into the, the middle of all of that. Um, and uh, I, as the company has grown and I've learned a lot more about myself and who I am, who's been a person that I like to be involved in things and I like to help other people. And a lot of that time of the last five years, I've spent helping other people in our industry by being involved in, in, organizations within within our industry and and recently have kind of refocused my thought on being more involved in my local community and being involved in in what I'm sitting in right around me and so being a part of our community here and helping other businesses around here grow um, whether it's a restaurant or a, a gym or, or something that you know some guy just like me 10 years ago decided to start a business like how can I be uh, how can I steward my knowledge in a way to to help businesses like that? Okay, and so 
And now you started with, a, you know, just you working out of the garage. Can you tell everyone where you are now with your, you know, employee count and your equipment and all that? Yeah. So we have a 21,000 square foot facility in Fort Worth, Texas, right near downtown. Um, if you live in Fort Worth, you'll see us driving down I-35. I've got, uh, I think, 35 employees doing about $4 million in revenue. And uh, we just ordered our fifth automatic press. We've got 10 heads of embroidery. I think that's about to grow as well. Um, and then we run not only, uh, not only our production of screen printing and embroidery and doing some digital printing, but we have another warehouse dedicated to doing order fulfillment for our customers. Okay. And so let's, let's kind of talk about your internal culture. You know, you've grown significantly since you started and now you've uh, just most recently merged with another shop, right? So how important is culture to your team? And that's what we're really going to be talking about today anyway. So, and what are you doing to instill that on a daily basis? About uh, seven years ago, eight years ago, uh, my brother made the great connection with me and a guy uh, who's a business coach. And he started asking me some really hard questions I didn't have the answer to and asking the questions of vision and values and those types of things. And it really got me thinking. And I sat down with our small team at the time and said, you know, what is special about printed threads? What What is special about us? What's different? You know, and, and, you know, you're sitting in a room with a bunch of people that kind of just came out of rock and roll. And, and, and you look around the room, and you're like, oh, well, these, you know, we, we're the same. Each of us are the same. We would like to hang out with each other, whether at work or, or not at work. And, and what does that mean? Like, what is, what is the same for us? So looking at first at our values and, and being able to write down our values on a piece of paper uh, actually came a lot easier than I thought it would. But if you think about like who you grew up with, uh, who you, you might still have friends now that you grew up with and maybe you don't see them all the time, but when you do see them, you, you catch up right from where you left off. Right. And a lot of that is because you grew up in the same value system. And so when we started like looking at, at hiring more people to work at printed threads is really important that they align with those values. You know, we really like to have fun, but we need to work hard. We want to be creative. You know, we, our first core value is driven by the craft and we need to look at the, at screen printing as, as somewhat of a craft. It's a trade, you know, it's, it's, we need to be proud of the stuff that we do and, and being driven by that is exciting. So hiring people that want to really work hard, but they also want to have fun. And, uh, but, but, what we are creating is the most important thing that is going to help all of our customers be better, better companies, better organizations um, by what we create. So we kind of like put all those words into this, this melting pot and, and came out with, with our core values and decided that any person that we hire from that point on had to align with these core values. And whether they understood it at the time or not, we were looking for that type of person in the interview um, being able to hire friends is great, except for the you get into those sticky situations uh, where you don't you you don't want to damage your friendship by having to have I'm a boss you're an employee kind of relationship. And so being able to establish like, hey, these are the rules of, of our company, and if at some point 
you're violating this rule or at some point it seems like this core value is not important to you anymore, then, then this is the time that we're going to go ahead and part ways. And it's not because I don't like you as a person. It's because that doesn't fit into the culture of our company anymore. And so we were able to kind of establish all of that and then hire people. And we hired people that fit into our core values. And as we grew, we made sure that everyone that worked for us fit into those values. So as we go from five people to 10 people, suddenly it, it becomes easy and it feels like a cohesive group. Um, as we go from 10 to 20 people, it feels like a cohesive group because everyone still aligns with those values. And every once in a while, that doesn't mean that someone doesn't get into the fold and they don't align with those values. But typically when that happens, it is really easy to notice that one person feels uncomfortable and the other people all around kind of raise the flag of like, I don't think this person is a good fit for us. And then we just have the conversation with the person that says, hey, you know, I don't think this job is a perfect fit for you. I think that you would be happier and more more successful at a different job. And it doesn't have to be this like, Letting someone go doesn't have to be this terrible experience. Like we're not beholden to them. They're not beholden to us. And if someone is feeling uncomfortable and not being able to be successful at the job that they're in, they're probably going home unhappy. And the best thing that we can do for that employee is to release them so that they can go find a job that makes them feel more comfortable and more successful. That's a long phrase to say, this is how we've kind of developed a little bit of our culture. And how do you think that's translated over to how your customers see you? Because they're interacting with your employees and uh, doing things, right? Yeah, man, it's so important. Um, I think the hardest thing that a, a lot of employers do is let go of the reins. And I think that has crippled a lot of businesses or that has kept a lot of businesses from growing is not being able to kind of let go and give your employees employees autonomy. So at some point, like I can't be a part of every customer transaction anymore, but I still want my personality and my belief system to be a part of everything that our employees do. And that has not always been successful. We've certainly lost customers or we've had customers walk away or I've gotten text messages from customers that said, you know, what the heck is going on over there? And that's like super upsetting. And you have to realize that sometimes you've put someone, you might've hired the greatest employee ever, but when you put them in that customer facing role and they're not good at being customer facing, that is a huge tragedy. And you need to figure that stuff out really quickly. So what we have done over the years is, is really tried to find the right people and put the right people in those seats. Because if you think about it, you know, those, your customer relations team, those are, that's the band on stage, right? Um, I'm not the band on stage anymore. I'm the sound guy or something, right? And uh, so those people on stage are the ones that are having all the interactions with your customers and those interactions need to be fun and, or they don't need to be fun, but they need to relate to what you set out to do in the first place. And if what we set out to do in the first place was to have fun, be a big part of our community, help other businesses be successful, then we need to do just that. And so our customer service team needs to be fun. They need to be promoting local business. They need to be truly a partner to to our customers' businesses. And um, that is a really, really hard thing to curate that we've had a difficult time over the years doing, but have been really successful at 
uh, in the past years. Can you give me an example of maybe a uh, one of your team members just knocking you out of the park for a client that just really surprised you? Well, I think I think a lot of those things are small. Like the things that surprise me the most are the small things. And I remember uh, we have a client relations person who uh, has been a friend of ours for years and started working for us about a year, a little over a year ago. And I remember walking into the front office and a customer was in there and the customer comes in to, to pick up shirts and he's kind of waiting in the lobby area. And she's saying, Hey, what's your favorite song or what song do you want to listen to right now? And just putting music on in the lobby, the like his favorite song, you know, and it kind of became a thing for a while where whenever our customers picked up their orders, you know, we would, we would play their favorite song when they walked in the door or whatever. We actually had customers that would email ahead of time saying, Hey, this is what I want to hear today when they're coming to pick up. And that kind of creates this thing where it's like, it's not just going to pick up your shirt somewhere. It's not just going to pick up your order. It's, it's creating an experience uh, that your cut, your customer can be a part of. And, and you know, those little things are the things that customers think of when they also start thinking about the other things like five cents a shirt, you know, it's like, you know, I could save a little bit of money, but I sure do like going to printed threads. And those things, like, even even beyond that, like, it's us putting a balsa wood airplane in a box. It's us creating all these little things that make that customer experience just feel really good. You know, it's it's the client, it's our client rep coming to us and saying, you know what, our, uh, our uh, contact at so-and-so client is is having a baby this month. Can we print them a onesie with one of their designs on it? It's having the ideas that go above and beyond just order entry. And so I think a lot of times we hire people and we want to, we want to pay them to do order entry. And uh, that's not what we need as a business. Like that's what Amazon does. That's what Custom Inc. does. They they do order entry. Like what we need to do is create this big customer experience and we got to pay for that, right? So kind of paying people, you know, 12 bucks an hour or whatever it is to do order entry isn't okay anymore. As a business in the field that we're in, if we're going to create, uh, if we're going to compete with Custom Inc. and Amazons and these, these giant companies that all they do is their order entry, we have to create a customer experience. And that's, that's an expensive product to create. Exactly. And uh, I'm reminded of the fact that most people, I know myself, I don't really buy much on features and benefits. I buy an emotional link. I buy on how something or a company, whatever makes me feel. Do they make me feel good? Am I happy to do business with them? And I think that your story right there just drives home that point. Yeah, I, I feel terrible because I've, I've purchased too many things on Amazon, but, and, you know, COVID has probably made that a thing too much, but I really enjoy going and, you know, those, those experiences where you go in and you go talk to someone that's passionate about what they do and, and you just know that you're getting the best product because it happens to me all the time where I order a product on Amazon that gets four and a half stars or whatever. And then we, uh, you know, you get it and it just kind of sucks. And you, you would so much rather go buy a product that has the story behind it. You know, you go to a bike shop and it's like, man, I think this bike would be the best bike for you because blah, 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 blah. And they can tell you the story around it and you get super excited about that bike. And when you ride that bike and your friend says, 
hey man, that's a cool bike. You can just be like, well, let me tell you this whole story about this bike. And it creates that cool emotional experience. And you're right. I mean, that is, that makes you more proud to own the product. Like what you hear so far? Be sure to subscribe so you can get the latest from success stories. And now here's Jessica Jacobs with the SNS Spotlight. As we approach the tail end of 2020, we want to take a quick moment and acknowledge all of the hard work that people put forth over the past few months, not just at SNS, but also around the industry. We wouldn't be where we are right now without the dedication of our employees or the loyalty of our customers. Earlier this year, when things began shutting down, our amazing employees were still hard at work, bringing you the product your businesses needed to stay afloat and also provide a lifeline for your local communities. They became essential workers. Because without them, many businesses and families, including ours, would have suffered greatly. As the year passed, it was inspiring to see so many distributors and decorators using their creativity to help local businesses that were struggling. Your hard work gave what we do in this industry a newfound importance. It shows even something as simple as a t-shirt can make a difference. By maybe helping a local restaurant, putting a smile on someone's face, or even spreading an important message to the world. Our industry has really pulled together and shown what it's capable of, even during the toughest of times. We believe that better days are on the horizon. To all those who had a hand in keeping our families, businesses, and communities supported throughout one of the hardest years we've ever experienced, we thank you, and we wish all of you a very happy Thanksgiving. Let's shift gears. And let's start talking about your customers and how your idea of culture is kind of flipping the script on how you're dealing uh, with your customers and what you're doing with them. So I want you to share your, your printed threads, unique way of developing your customer loyalty. So this, this kind of concept all started maybe a year ago when I decided I want to take my team out to lunch um, once a month and we're going to pick one of our customers restaurants and take our whole team out to lunch. And you can imagine that's 30 people or whatever, like it's an expensive lunch for me, but it's a way to kind of give back to our customers and say like, Hey, we, you support us. So we support you. And it was this kind of cool experience where our employees got to go see the work that they've done out in the wild, you know? So they're seeing, uh, the employees wearing the shirts, they're seeing the shirts being sold over the counter or whatever it is. And I thought, man, this is a, this is a really cool way to, to, to help, help some businesses in a small way. Um, I've done things in the past where we've, where we have decided that we really like our, there's a new business in town or a, a company that we really like and we want to support them. And so I'll just give them a hundred t-shirts or something like that, just, just to help them out. But over the last couple of years, we've, we've worked really hard on our marketing in-house and we have, we have in-house marketing people that make videos. And it's actually a part of our, if you fill out a quote form on Printed Threads website, you can check a box at the bottom that says, are you willing to pay? Would you like to have a um, behind the scenes video of your shirts being printed for $99? We'll actually shoot this video of your shirts being printed and that way you can use on social media. So we've been doing all this video stuff. And it occurred to me more recently that, you know, what, what else can we do for our customers? We've got almost 20,000 followers on social media or on Instagram. We've got, 
probably 10 on Facebook. We've got a huge email list with thousands and thousands of people on our email lists. And we could tell our customers stories to this large audience. And that could be a great way to help our customers for free. You know, it doesn't cost us a whole bunch of money, just a little bit of labor. So we started going uh, to our customers' locations and doing these customer spotlights where we shoot a video of just the experience. So the first one we did was in August, I think, uh, or September. And we went to Coco Shrimp, which is a, a restaurant near us that we really enjoy. And we just shot a video of like their, their place and, and their, them delivering the food and just kind of showing the atmosphere and showing the culture of their business and uh, basically making a commercial for them that we post on our social media and then we can share, share to theirs. Um, and then we do an interview of, of the owner of the business uh, on a blog. So we have a blog that just says, you know, all this information about the owner, how they started, you know, what, what is their story and kind of thought that, you know, that, that this would be a really fun way for our customers to be able to interact with each other. And hopefully, you know, the, it helps build their business. What's the reaction to your customer? That's the most important thing, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and they're so excited about it, right? Like, why would you, why would you do this? You know, why, they start asking the questions and it's, and the answer is because we want to invest into our community. We, we want the people in our community to be successful. Um, the, the saying a rising tide lifts all boats is it rains true for, for local communities. It rains true for industries. It rains true all around. So like if we can help build the commerce of our city, all the businesses will be more successful and we should certainly spotlight people that are doing an incredible job and show them off in our channels or in ways that maybe they can't show off themselves. Um, so we, we, we can highlight that that builds a huge or a tremendous amount of customer loyalty to them because now they're seeing, wow, this, this business is, is not only creating a good product for us, but they're willing to invest back into us as a business. And I think, Personally, that's what I'm all about. I love investing in other people. I love helping other people. And being able to do that on a larger scale as a business is, a, is an incredible feeling. That's awesome. And what do your employees think about that? Because, you know, they're the ones actually doing all the work. They, they get that connection and link, right? Yeah. So probably, probably once a year, I do a meeting with all of our employees. In fact, we just did it a month ago, I believe, where I had all of our employees get together for a meeting. We talk about the business. We talk about how the business started, how, how far it's come, you know, what, what we do as a business. And then I have everybody write down on an index card or a sticky note, like, what is, what is the most important thing about this business to you? And how could it be better? Right? So everybody writes down and and going back to talking about the culture internally, it, the amount of people that write down the word family is unbelievable. Family over and over and over. The printed threads is, is our family. And that's awesome. And being able to talk as a team to say like, 
hey, it's, it's not Brett Bowden creating this stuff. It's not the Bowden family. It's, it's us. It's the Printed Threads family. And whenever we go donate a bunch of money to charity or whenever we help a small business grow or whenever we do whatever we do, we're doing this together, right? We all get to share in this success. And, and I, I think they all feel that way and they all believe it. And, and that's exciting to them. And for everybody once a year, we, I mean, we print t-shirts all the time for our employees, which I assume everybody does, but once a year they get a hoodie. And once a year, you've probably seen at a trade show, the ISS Fort Worth trade show, we have always taken our whole staff to the trade show so they can see the industry outside of our four walls. And you might see them, like everybody shows up wearing a printed threads hoodie. And that's like, you know, everybody loves that hoodie. It's like their letter jacket, right? And uh, our employees go out, they go out to eat for lunch or they go out into the community and people say, oh, you work at printed threads. And it's a thing, right? Like that people think our company from the outside is cool because of everything we do within our community. And then when they go out into the community wearing their printed threads hoodie and people are like, oh, awesome, you work at printed threads. That makes them feel good. Like, wow, like it's a lot different than walking down the street and being like, I work at Chase Bank. You know, there's not as much excitement in that. It doesn't feel like this family. It doesn't feel like this integral part of your, your community surrounding you. Yeah, I love that. And I've always talked about in the companies that I've run, um, you know, I call it refrigerator material because when your employees go home, what's the first thing that happens at dinner? It's like, hey, honey, how was your day? And people, you want them to be engaging and have something really positive to say about where they work and what happened and all that kind of stuff and and have positive stories to tell. And I think everything that you've talked about today really drives that home. Yeah, thanks. You know, we've worked really hard on it and put a lot of thought into it. And I, I definitely think that, you know, I didn't start a business to work with people I didn't, I don't like. You know, I could go walk in, you know, there's a restaurant down the street that I walked into one day and you could just tell everybody that worked there looked miserable and I could feel it and you can taste it in the food, right? It's like cringeworthy, you know, you just don't want to go there. When you can walk into a place where people are having fun and they're doing good work and they're proud, like that, that rings true in, in every part of the, the experience. You can feel it in the t-shirt you're wearing. You can be proud to do business with that company. You know, like there are businesses that you see doing really cool things. And what that does to me is say like, I want to go support that business because they're doing really cool things. Like I know that if I bring that business more business, if I bring that company more business, like they're going to do more with that money that they make uh, than maybe another business in town. And that's important. And it's important that like, whenever we get to go hang out as a company, we have fun together. Like we enjoy being with each other during the whole coronavirus thing. When life has been so locked down, the people here have just said, well, you guys are our our people. We're going to hang out with you. And so it's not uncommon for on Friday night, for people to be up here till the wee hours of the morning, just spending time with each other. And for you to be able to like, look at someone at five o'clock and say, I still want to hang out with you. That's a really big thing. You know, there's a lot of people at work that, you know, that time clock rings or whatever, and they're just getting the, getting the heck out of Dodge, you know? And 
to look around at the people that work here and see them just smiling and hanging out and having a good time to, together, seeing like 12 people leave and go to the same place for lunch on a regular basis uh, because they enjoy each other. It's just, it's That's awesome. Great. That's great. You know, um, how many companies out there at five o'clock, it looks like the beginning of the Flintstones where people jump down, <laughs> slide down the dinosaur neck to get in the car and race away. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen uh, sometimes, <laughs> but it is really cool that the fact that they would linger to hang out with each other or just, you know, we've, we've got the, we've got the few people here. You, you need the, you need the people that are really good at creating community that are not you. Like I can only do so much because I'm an, I'm like for people listening to this, Marshall and I are very tall people, big people, right? And big people are intimidating, especially when you're in a leadership role. So I cannot be the person that is always creating the lovey-dovey fun, you know, fluffy culture because there are people that are intimidated by me. And so I can do my best to say, you know, high five people and say hi and, and, and talk to people and get to know them a little bit better, but I cannot ever know all of my employees really well. So you need to have those other people that work for you that are kind of doing the like, what day is everybody's birthday? And they're planning the stuff, you know, and they're bringing cupcakes and they're providing candy and they're, they're making notes for each other. You need those people on the team uh, to kind of help posture that culture and perpetuate the culture. Um, we, we absorbed another company a few weeks ago and um, it was cool because the company was very similar to ours, very similar culture to ours. We'd known them for a really long time. And when we brought them in, they just fit right into the fold, which is, which was fantastic. But it was really cool. Like one of our, one of our employees like made a big sign and hung it on the wall. When you walk in that says, says welcome, you know, to all the, all the people coming in and being able to create that environment where like it feels welcome because I can't, it's been a long time since I've had a first day of work somewhere, but I do remember going into my first day of work somewhere feeling really awkward and uncomfortable and it's just gross. You know, I've heard, uh, you know, heard a lot of people speak there's a guy named Brian Adam at a company called Olympus that I've seen speak a couple of times on company culture and talked about when new people start, have them come in like 30 minutes later than everybody else or an hour later. So you, you're able to get there in time to prepare, let people at the front desk know that this new person is starting, make them feel welcome, have like, have a swag pack ready for them. They need, you know, they need to feel like they're a part of the team, having their hoodie and their t-shirt and their mug or whatever you, you give to every employee ready for them. And then the first day of work, they need to go, your, your, their supervisor needs to take them out to lunch and get that hour of FaceTime with them and kind of create that, Hey, we're, you know, we're a team here, you know, create those vibes. And it takes a lot of extra work to do all those things, but the investment of that time to do that extra work pays, you know, tenfold in the long run. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so uh, I think you've done a really good job of describing some of the stuff. So if we're thinking ahead to, you know, the end of this year, next year, you know, we're trying to get ever get this stupid pandemic behind us and on with our lives and we're growing and we're expanding our businesses, hopefully, what tools or techniques or just tips just to wind us up here today can you like 
let a listener know these are the three or four things that they should really be doing? Yeah, books are really good. I hate reading. And uh, in the past several years, uh, actually, Ryan Moore started really pushing on me at some point we were traveling together. He's asking me, do I read? I'm like, no, I can't. I'm terrible at reading. If I sit down and start reading a book, I start daydreaming about everything else that I should be doing, you know? And uh, so he got me on Audible. He actually sent me a year subscription to Audible and started saying like, here, start, you know, listening to these books, you know, some books that he liked. So I started listening to books and I started taking walks in the morning. Uh, I'd go, go take a walk in the morning and listen to a book. And the first book that I, you know, I've read so many or listened to so many books at this point, the first one that just got me hooked on listen, you know, I've got to listen to more books uh, was Shoe Dog. That's the story of Phil Knight from Nike and the story, you know, the successes and failures of his own business. And listening to a story of a guy that has been that successful humbling himself to talk about all of his biggest failures uh, really was encouraging to me as a business owner to say like, Oh wow, maybe I can do this. You know, so the, the hard struggle parts, listening to other people's struggles is super helpful, but there's so many great books on marketing out there. And I think that that's um, something that, man, the screen printing industry is ugly. I'm just going to say it. It's gross. It There's so many terrible looking businesses in screen printing. You drive down the street all the time and you see these businesses. They don't represent their brand well. They probably haven't ever paid for a logo design. They just typed something up, you know, or they stole some art or whatever. And the, the art on the walls is hideous, you know, like look good. You know, I'm a, I'm a type of person that like, I, I really don't care a lot about my personal appearance. That's why I look probably a little bit homeless to most of you guys. But like, but when it comes to the brand, look cool. Be proud of who you are. You know, be that company that you can walk into every day and say, hell yeah, I own this company. Or hell yeah, I work for this company. Be proud of it, you know. And that all comes with looking good. And, and so go go figure out how to look good. You know, Story Brand by Donald Miller is probably the most talked about book in our, in, in business over the last two years. It's been this eye-opening experience of all these people of like, oh crap, like we have a story to tell. We should tell it. Maybe our customers will feel more attached to us if we talk about who we are as a company and who we are as people. I really like this book called Setting the Table by Danny Meyer. Danny Meyer is a restaurateur. He's the founder of Shake Shack, um, which is a fast food burger chain that's very good. But also, uh, he's founded several very fine dining restaurants. And his whole thing, uh, his, his whole business strategy is a lot about culture, about customer service. What can you do to elevate your brands um, as as a customer service brand. I think I think when I think of those types of things, I think about all the places that we go. Go to, go into business. This is hard right now, right? You know, but hopefully, you know, coronavirus will be done at some point. Go into businesses and look around and go into the businesses and figure out the ones that make you feel good. And then just look at them and say, what are they doing different? Like if I am a you know, my wife or my wife and I have four kids. If my wife is going to go out to eat somewhere without me, just her and the four kids, that's a big deal, right? It's, 
it's that's hard work, you know, and if she's going to go somewhere, she's going to go somewhere that goes above and beyond. And where is that place for moms of children? It's Chick-fil-A. Why is it Chick-fil-A? Because the people working there go above and beyond a fast food service, right? They're going to walk to your table and say, ma'am, do you need a refill? She knows she doesn't have to get up to go do things because they're going to look after her. They're going to say the nice things and listening to, you know, the listening to people speak about Chick-fil-A and hearing, you know, you've heard the word my pleasure over and over and over. That came from Ritz Carlton. If you've ever stayed at a Ritz Carlton, lucky you, but uh, if you've ever stayed at a Ritz Carlton, <laughs> one of the things they say uh, when you say thank you is they say my pleasure. And that's just kind of this elevated way of talking to people like, oh, wow, like, oh, you, you care about actually helping me. That's, it's a really cool feeling. And it's two words that don't cost you anything that mean a lot to other people. So all that being said, go do research on companies that you love and go figure out why you love them and then adapt those principles to your own company. And then the last book that I've read recently, the last couple of years is by Seth Godin. It's called This Is Marketing. And the concept behind this book is like, People like us do things like this. He says it all throughout the book a million different times. But you realize, you know, in, in him doing his kind of case studies on different businesses, this is why more people like this business than this business. This is why Patagonia is so successful, right? It's because they don't cut corners and they do anything for anybody, right? Like, this is what makes that good. And um and then obviously there's a million great podcasts out there. You guys are listening to one. Um, so good for you for actually taking the time to do something to learn a little bit more and learn, you know, ways to help your business grow. There's people like Marshall out there that are doing just a, a, an amazing job at curating all this and he doesn't have to do it. Like this takes a lot of time out of his day and he has to talk to, to jerks like me, right? So good for you for listening. But um, there's a lot of great podcasts out there. And my very favorite one is How I Built This uh, with Guy Raz. It's sponsored by NPR. And it's about, it's about businesses and how they've become successful. And I have to say, my very favorite one is Southwest Airlines with Herb Keller. And that guy's awesome. Uh, he passed away recently. And, uh, but go listen to it because Southwest Airlines is one of those businesses that has figured out ways to take care of their customers. And, and like, he also has a great example of how to do with customers that you don't want to, uh, because that's another part of this. Just because you want to be a great business and you want to take care of people doesn't mean you have to bend over to everybody that wants to take advantage of you. You don't. Um, and, and there are ways that you can take care of those situations. He, does, he has great uh, descriptions of some of those. But I think as a business, have fun. Figure out how to have fun. This is a thing that you are locked to. You are married to it. You can't just get out of it really easily. So figure out how to have fun. And uh, there's going to be days of your business that are terrible and you're going to hate them. And uh, I always quote Mark Cuban saying, when you feel like giving up, remember why you started in the first place. I think that's really important. Uh, we all started this business for some reason. And write it down, put it inside your desk drawer, because you're going to have those hard days. Maybe it's you get delivered a lawsuit. Maybe it's money is tight, cash flow problems, employee problems, customer problems. There's going to be problems. Remember why you started so that you can get through those times. And uh, my last tool, and maybe the most important, 
is uh, work-life balance, uh, figuring out what that is. And that's something that I've struggled with for years. I'm a workaholic, 100%. And I think this year has taught me maybe a bigger lesson in, in a good way than I would have ever expected. Until March 7th of this year, I was on an airplane every single week going where to do, going somewhere to do something. And something for work, something for our industry. And uh, over the last six months, I've realized how much time I was taking away from my family and taking away from my, my children. And, uh, you know, your family and your children are maybe the biggest gift that you'll ever have. And so just, just think about that work-life balance thing. You know, we've, I've scheduled time now, uh, once a week, at least, I'll call my wife and say, let's go on a date today, just in the middle of the day. Like, I'll go pick her up and we'll go eat, go pick up uh, some food and go to a park and eat lunch. Or um, I'll take, take my kids somewhere to do something special. Or, you know, once, you know, once a week we go to the lake or we just go do something together as a family. And so being able to uh, my, my business coach calls these uh, mental and spiritual eggs, you know, you need to make sure that you take care of yourself uh, mentally and spiritually and take care of your family uh, because, you know, they're, they're the most important people and they're the ones that they're going to, they're going to have your back when, when times are really tough. Wow. That's great. You know, what's fun is that this is a podcast and you're listening and the whole time I'm nodding my head. Yes. to <laughs> Everything you're saying. So uh, thank you so much today, Brett, for sharing your story of success if someone wants to learn more about what you do or maybe how you can help them, can you share how to get a hold of you? Yeah. So uh, Printed Threads, our website is printedthreads.com. Um, we are actually starting a new company this week called The Creative Situation as well. So by the time this podcast airs, it'll probably be thecreativesituation.com. And uh, you can reach me by all kinds of sources. Uh, I've got like 37 email addresses now. My main one is brett at printedthreads.com. I also have brett at thecreativesituation.com, brett at inkkitchen.com. Uh, Ink Kitchen is a blog with uh, that friends and I have uh, about industry information. And so you can reach me in all those places. Uh, if trade shows ever happen again, I'll probably be there and uh, would love to hang out and, and talk more with, with everyone. Awesome. So thank you so much for your time today, Brett. You're a fantastic. Appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, thanks, man. Glad I could be a help. Well, that's our show today. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on the latest Success Stories episodes. Have any suggestions for future guests or topics? Send them my way at Marshall and MarshallAtkinson.com. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>